Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slasher, a delusional look into the art of horror and all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Adrian. And I'm Stormy. And this week, it's going to be a big week. I think it's a big episode. Uh, we're going to be discussing Hereditary, which, of course, we know is iconic, legendary. But we're also not alone this week. We have a very special guest, uh, one of my best Twitter mutuals, my best friend. I love her. Uh, but we're going to be welcoming <laughs> Ree to the show. Hi, Ree. Welcome, welcome. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you for joining <laughs> us. We appreciate it. Of course. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. I mean, of course, when anybody comes on, we've only had like <laughs> uh, like our friends that we like know or we've known for years come on. So this is exciting. So we kind of like to have an idea, really, before we kind of get into everything of like your start in horror or just, I guess, overall, first off, like, mm-hmm. what do you love about horror? Um, everything, I guess, would be the right answer. But it's just, I guess, the diversity that you could really get with the genre from, like, gore to psychological to, you know, supernatural and spooky. And just everything. It's just very good genre. And how you can incorporate, like, social issues, current events, all of that in life is scary, but... So are movies, so it's all good. (laughs) Yes, we love that. I mean, do you kind of have, like, an idea of, like, maybe, I don't know, like, your first horror movie or, like, your first, the first thing that kind of drew you into horror, if anything? Mm, I guess I was always into it. My dad used to literally, like, force us to watch, (laughs) like, literally a screaming, like... (laughs) crying don't want to watch it don't want to watch it and he would like put on creep show and child's play and just like intentionally traumatize us for his own like amusement so I guess that's kind of what started it but the first movie that I was really like terrified by that I was but I was also like that's really really good was Hide and Seek 2005 I don't know if y'all have seen that but Robert De Niro and I think Dakota Fanning yeah is she I've never seen that movie terrified me when I was like nine years old and <laughs> I couldn't sleep with the light on but I was like that was good though <laughs> so that's what kind of started it yeah <laughs> it's a little weird but <laughs> today I did go back and watch it uh I think mid-quarantine and it still holds up today as like a psychological thriller like it's about this man and his daughter after ironically their mother dies so it ties into the same type of thing we're gonna talk about today it's a whole family trauma thing everybody has some sort of family trauma so (laughs) exactly ties into life which is why this movie is everything but actually i'm really interested then i mean i guess to kind of keep picking your brain i mean so i mean with horror obviously there's like so many different like facets and like ways and genre like sub genres you can kind of look Mm -hmm. into i mean what is like your favorite kind of horror flick because i'm obviously namesake of the show i love slashers that's like my yes that's my tea stormy's a gore whore she loves that shit (laughs) i mean so like what kind of shit do you like vibe with definitely psych psychological like frailty mother uh black swan all of those kind of like that's mine. If it traumatizes you, I'm into it. Like, <laughs> She's like, I'm trying to make an impression. <laughs> if I'm not emotionally scarred, I'm not interested. Exactly. <laughs> I love, like, I mean, that whole, I mean, it's kind of, I guess, like, in vain what we're discussing today. Like, something that's very, like, 
I don't know, very real, visceral, mm-hmm. if anything. I love that shit. That's my favorite kind of That's horror. That's probably why yeah. they chose it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, I mean, you know, we asked Ree, hey, hey, you know, what episode do you want to be on? Because Ree's fantastic. We've been following them on Twitter for the longest time, making Y'all delicious drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, you know, we got we got to have Ree on. And so we, we reached out, what episode do you want to be on? And here we are, Hereditary, which is yes. fantastic film. Speaking of drinks, do you want to tell everyone what you concocted for us today? Yes, (laughs) for sure. You know, that's another facet of my Twitter, always talking about alcohol and weed. But (laughs) So I did a, I'm calling this one an herbal lemonade because it has lemonade, mint, absinthe, which is actually my mom got me an illegal absinthe. I I should be saying that. But for my birthday. So this is like the original with wormwood. And all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Wait, what's wormwood? Am I stupid? Uh, I don't. I'm it's not gonna the, pretend that I know. I just know that that's part. what made it. Yeah, that's that's what makes it illegal. That's oh, okay. All that I know. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I'm playing a role, maybe. I, I, trying to act like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. So it's all good. And I mean, Ree sent us, you know, what they're gonna make, and so we all kind of tried our best <laughs> to match pace. I put mint in my drink for like the first time ever, so. Me too. I mean, I still have pink lemonade, but it still added a little, little something. What is the difference? <laughs> I need someone to explain the difference between pink and yellow lemonade to me. What is the difference? I, I just think, think it's sweeter, but maybe it's just one of those things where, like, you think pink M and M's, pink and M's. You think like an M and M tastes different because it's a different color. That's probably yeah. what it is. Like the Fruit Loops thing. <laughs> Are they all the same? Or like chocolate milk from a brown cow. <laughs> I was like, chocolate milk is different, Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> That's I was like. I was like Oops, sorry. I was pre-gaming the drinking process before this episode, so. <laughs> um, all right, but yeah, there's so much to get into this week. We have, obviously, a huge episode, and we might as well just jump into this week in horror. Uh, so first and foremost, I mean, this is kind of generic film news. I mean, it was kind of something that was, like, all over the place, really, but. I kind of want to kind of just get everybody's feel for it. So obviously Warner Brothers is bringing its new releases, all its new films, um, exclusively to HBO Max next year. So obviously on release day, it's going to be released in theaters, but they're also going to release them immediately on demand. You know, if you have the service, you can watch them, I guess, technically kind of free of charge, but not really. You're still paying monthly. But obviously there's so many different movies that are included in this. And the biggest one, obviously, for horror heads, I guess, would be The Conjuring 3. So, I mean, what do we kind of think of this whole idea? Is it something that we think is going to like have legs and go beyond next year? I hope so. That's While watching a movie in theaters is obviously an experience and one that I will continue to stick with once things are safe, especially for certain movies, like if it's a shit movie that like I just want to see for shits and giggles, like the fact that I don't have to pay theater prices and be in the presence of other people like a-, a plus for me <laughs> <laughs> i guess i'm kind of the same in, this, in uh, i mean i don't know i do love horror movies and i love watching them in a theater but typically if it's a horror movie that like i'm excited about i'll put money towards like an imax ticket and like i'll save up money and i'll like i'll have a full experience because i mean if you kind of go to a general theater showing it's kind of whatever so if i can like watch like movies like 
there's a whole bunch of them that aren't really like horror related, but like uh, Godzilla versus King Kong, which I personally <laughs> am very excited about. I mean, something like that I wouldn't go to a theater to watch. Just I wouldn't want to do so. So something like that would be awesome. The Conjuring 3, I would love to watch in a movie theater. So I'm kind of upset about that. But I mean, if it's there on demand, I'm going to post up in my house and do my best to make it a fucking good ass time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm always gonna watch a movie no matter where. So to me, it's no different. Like, of course, it is different because I guess I'm a drive-in person. So, and that's I. I don't even remember the last time I went to a traditional theater. Actually, actually, the last thing I saw was Parasite because that there was only a theater showing for that. So I did go. So I mean. I'm not a conjuring person, unfortunately. Me either. Don't worry. No. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I looked at that list, and there's nothing I was terribly excited about. So it could go either way. But I do like the whole. I do like them releasing things like on demand as well as in theater because I feel like it's better to have the option, especially right now. Yeah, exactly. And also, I mean, we're hoping for the best, obviously, moving forward. But I do feel like. Even throughout next year, maybe even into early 2020. I don't think a lot of this stuff is really going to be super open still. I think it's still going to be pretty restricted in a lot of cases. So, I mean, I'm all about it. Especially for, I mean, yeah, some of the movies are kind of silly. So I'm excited to just watch them at home. Uh, But that's crazy that you're like a drive-in person. I've only been to the drive-in movie theater twice in my entire life. I've never been to a drive-in. You haven't? They're so fun. They look like a lot of fun. They're fun. I've only went. I I watched Coco, but that was on Aww. a uh, on a date, like a first date, like years ago. And so I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. Um, uh. <laughs> of uh-huh. uh, and the second to time Coco? was just. <laughs> just clicked for me. True. True. <laughs> I know, and I feel so bad because I was like, I want. I told them, uh, they who shall not be named. I was like, hey, I really want to watch Coco. It's like something like I do. I want to watch it. I love Disney. I love Pixar. You know, I'm Mexican. It's everything. And so we went, and there was no watching in the movie. But when I watched that movie finally, like a year later, obviously I bawled tears the entire time. It's a classic. I love so it. Uh, but yeah, then then the only other one I've ever been to was like a couple weeks ago when I went to go watch Freaky. So. Mm. Which was fun. A good time. A good experience in a drive-in theater, I would say. I would say the best things I've seen have been the older ones. Like, I saw Evil Dead at the drive-in and Rear Window. So our, drive, our drive-in does a lot of events, too. Like, they'll do throwback nights and, like, you know, have they actually have a film festival there, too. So I that's, that's awesome. why I go all the time. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's fun, and you know, smoke and watch your movie. And, like, Very don't have that. To worry about that. <laughs> Bring your own snacks. <laughs> no. Oh, we surely did. We were loaded up this last time. Uh, we do that in the regular theater. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean everybody does, but I don't have to be ashamed with my ten piece. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh fuck. Um, I guess Stormy, go ahead. Whatever is <laughs> next. Oh, shit. Okay. So, our next piece of news is that the latest American Horror Story is now filming under the codename Pilgrim. They've done this per 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 They've done this per previous seasons. AHS Cul-de-sac was for cult, and Radioactive was for Apocalypse. Do we have any ideas what Pilgrim could be? Do we care that much? Like... 
care, maybe not. (laughs) 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 I don't think I've watched it since season four. I haven't watched it in full since, yeah, like the witches one, the coven. Yeah, and it's just so crazy because, I mean, um, horror fans obviously are obsessed with American Horror Story. And, you know, I mean, I understand. Like, it's the one television show... I mean, at least for many years, was like the one like mainstream horror television show for like the longest. But I don't think that really accounts for quality. And a lot of the seasons just don't. I mean, we've talked about it before. Like they just kind of die off. For me personally, there's honestly, truly, the only one I finished full through was the six one Roanoke, and I wasn't <laughs> even like enjoying it the entire time. I just did it because at that point I hadn't finished a season at all, and I still haven't. So with this one, I mean, people. Are still excited, obviously, which is fine. And they, I don't know, people are thinking like sirens, mermaid, like mermaids. And I mean, with Pilgrim now, they're thinking like something with the Mayflower. I have no idea, but I just hope if it, maybe I'll give it a shot. I just hope it's, I don't know, enticing in some sense. I mean, as long as I don't get like slapped in the face with another threesome, like right off the bat, I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, they have a lot of gratitude and sex in there. Like, for freak show specifically, I was like, what the is claw? Like, <laughs> so, so much. So triggered. Like, literally, claw, three tits, giant penis. Like, okay. <laughs> like, we get it. The freaks fuck. <laughs> fuck, man. But yeah, I mean, I just hope it. Uh, I don't know. I hope they just do well. Because, I mean, especially with horror, I mean, there's so many good horror shows now that, like, I feel like horror, like, American Horror Story just doesn't, it doesn't, like, add up. Or it doesn't, like, match up to, like, what we got these days. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just so much fucking good shit. Obviously, Mike Flanagan, King, uh, <laughs> uh, Hill House, Bly Manor, like, I mean, come on. Uh, like, they're just, there's good horror f- shit out there now. And it's just, like, I mean, Shudder has original shit. They have the original shows. And it's just, like, American Horror Story needs to, like, to me, they need to, like, up their quality and just be consistently well thought out. Because I feel like they, like, go into shooting with, like, half the season written. And then they're like, well, let's just see what happens from this one. Let's see what we're vibing with. I mean, that's just what it feels like the direction is, like, every single season. So if they just, I don't know, I hope they recover <laughs> for me personally. <laughs> I hope they do well because they really do have, like, shit to, like, compete against now at this point. Well, I mean, supposedly it all ties together in some, like, weird fucked up way. And I desperately want to know what that is because that's just me. I, I need to know things. I'm just fucking nosy. And so just the more seasons that they add, like, the less cohesive it's obviously going to be. So I'm just, it's going to be a shit show. <laughs> that's why I'm kind of like, is it, could it possibly be like, you know how Colt could have possibly, the end of Colt could have eventually gone into the end of the world of apocalypse mm. so is this like the start of the new world like after because I, I mean pilgrim new world I don't right know. i saw program and i was triggered but uh, <laughs> <laughs> i hate i hate it but yeah. <laughs> that's like a great idea if they don't do something like that I mean, if it really is, like, another throwback to, like, some old colony and, like, fucking years ago, then, I mean, I'm bored. We did it. Like, Roanoke was literally (laughs) that. Like, it was just all about, obviously, Roanoke. It's just about an old colony. And I just, like, I mean, I'm bored. And, like, I just hope, (laughs) if it's something like that, which is kind of, like, going into, like, a new direction. I mean, think of, like, a post-apocalyptic kind of existence and, like, people kind of going back to, like, the basics of, like, survival. Mm -hmm. I would love that. Something interesting, please. Something enticing to me, because... 
Ryan Murphy surely be is boring me sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It wasn't like a huge week in terms of topics, but obviously, I want to talk about movies because I had the opportunity of actually watching a number of movies. Like, I mean, we took a week off, so I had the chance of like catching up and like had a break to watch some horror movies. So let's just talk about what's been spooking you. What have people been watching? We can go ahead and start with Re, guest of honor. What did you watch this week? Is there anything you recommend? What's going on? Uh, well, since it was my birthday, I did do birthday-themed horror movies, so I watched Demons 2, and that was really fun, and yes. I thought it was funny because it's a birthday party, and then they're just, like, gets attacked by demons, and it spreads <laughs> through the whole, like, it spreads through the whole building, like, and I was like, COVID-19, like, why did y'all <laughs> even have a party? Like, <laughs> you're gonna spread it, but... That was really good, and I watched the Banana Splits movie, which is one of my favorites, also birthday-themed. Oh, please. You, I think you would love it. It's just a I fun, need to watch like, it. animatronics slashing people. Yeah, they only kill adults, though. <laughs> it's supposed to be, I guess the premise is that they're putting on a show, like, for children, but... You know, they end up murdering adults to entertain them. <laughs> I think of, like, the Chuck E. Cheese animatronics, mm-hmm. like, immediately. Or, like, Five Nights at Freddy is, I guess, oh. what I'm supposed to be inspired okay. by, but it's the Banana Splits. Is that available, like, on demand or somewhere? I actually found it for $5 at Walmart. So oh. I, but I don't even know. I'll have to see if it's streaming anywhere. I'm sure it'll probably be at least available for rent on iTunes. That's usually how I watch a lot of my movies is like renting them on iTunes. Oh, cool. I oh, it says that. it's on Hulu premium subscription. I did not even know that. <laughs> is that the one I'm where good. you have to like subscribe to stars to watch it? No, I think it's no commercials. I don't oh. know because I, I have Adrian's Hulu bougie Spotify. ass has it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, Demons 2, I fucking love that movie. I love the first Demons 2 is, actually, is just as ridiculous. Those movies, I don't know. I remember the first time I watched them, it was like, I had just moved up to Vegas and I was here for me. I had been here for just six months, so I had just barely gotten like a bed frame. So I remember I set up a bed frame, uh, just, you know, me being me. Uh, I had set up a bed frame and I was like, oh yeah, this is awesome. And I like, I, I had finally got like a weird like shelf for my like 32 inch TV, very small. And it was like, maybe it was a 32 inch it might have been smaller it was a very small tv and i was like i was like yeah this is amazing and i remember i set up demons and i was like i've never seen this movie because i had just gotten shutter at that time mm-hmm. and and it was on there as an exclusive and i was like let me i remember i went to albertson's i bought a fucking pack of oreos and a fucking <laughs> jumbo bag of popcorn extra butter and i was like let's just watch demons and it was a ride that movie is insane <laughs> The second one where the, we were watching it and Austin is just like, what is the point where they're like beating on the like garage with their bare hands, <laughs> like metal bars. And I'm like, all this is their 80s. They're sweating. They're like hot. They're toned. They're just showing off their bodies right now. Like, it doesn't matter if they're about to escape. They're just beating on this metal bar to show how toned they are. Like, I love it. Full 80s, you know how it was. And I don't want to spoil too much for Stormy because she hasn't seen them. Have you seen Demons? No. (laughs) Okay, so the first one, I won't say too much, but the end of the first one also is so ridiculous when they're riding around on that motorcycle and just like fucking just fighting off fucking demons, obviously, in a movie theater on a motorcycle. And I was like, what is happening? This is ridiculous. I I fully had a blast. Uh, Stormy, have you seen anything this week? 
Uh, I watched Us twice yesterday. Yes. <laughs> as you should, as you should. Well, Ash hadn't seen it since, like, she saw when it was originally released. So I was like, oh, we're fixing that last night. <laughs> and then, I mean, it's not horror-based, but I watched 47 Meters Down 2. <laughs> Uncaged. What did you think about that movie? Um, Sharks are one of my biggest fears, like... The most irrational fear, like, I could literally be sitting in a pool, and I'm like, some evil motherfucker, like, did some weird shit and, like, released it with the corn, the, the chlorine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I'm just, I'm terrified of sharks. So whenever I'm feeling anxious, I just watch a sh- shark movie to add a little edge. <laughs> <laughs> to make yourself feel something. <laughs> mm-hmm. So did you like that movie, though? Um, it was okay. <laughs> For a shark movie, I don't, like... You can't really expect much from a shark movie. Like, it's two hours. You're like, oh, there's a shark again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously, like, Jaws came onto the scene and, like, really fucking fuck shit up. And aquatic horror, I love. Because I kind of... I watched something as well. Aquatic horror, I guess. Horror thriller theme this week. But talking about 47 meters down... um, uh, So the first one is okay. But the second one, I remember I went... Oh, God, I miss movie theaters. It was just one of those days where I just wanted to watch a movie by myself. And I was like, what can I watch that's, like, the most spooky? And that was, like, the only thing in theaters at the time that was, like, I guess kind of horror-based. I was like, let me go watch this movie. So I went by myself, and I sat down in the theater, and I was watching it. After 10 minutes, I was like, this is awful. And and you know me, I try to find, like, the light in anything. And I was like, this is just, like, not enjoyable. It just felt like a CW version of, like, a shark movie. And there's just, like, these <laughs> teenage girls, like, running around Mexico. And I was like... I hate that. I hate any type of film that's, like, set. It was just a whole bunch of, like, white girls. And maybe, like, one person of color. I don't recall the cast, mm-hmm. really. This, the stepsister is... Okay, yeah. So I was like, maybe, like, one like one or two people of color, maybe. And I was like, this is just... Like, I don't want to watch a movie where these girls are in Mexico running around. So I was, like, sitting there, and I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. And then just kept watching it. And maybe, like, 30 minutes in, I think after, I guess, minor spoilers, they, like, dived into this cave, and, like, the cave collapsed, and... I, I don't know. It was ridiculous. But I remember uh, my boyfriend, uh, Austin, he messaged me like during the middle of that movie. And he's like, hey, he's like, what are you doing? You want to come over for dinner? And I was like, say less. And I got up and I, <laughs> I walked, out, I walked out of the theater 30 minutes in. Goodbye. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know what? I'll try it again later. And I've, I've never walked out of the movie before. It was the first and only time I've ever done it. And I still, very, I still feel really bad about it because I just don't ever like to disrespect a film like that. So it's on HBO Max. Is that what it's on? Yeah. And they force, um, it's just, it bothers me because they force, like, a deeper meaning into it. Like, (laughs) the sisters have to save each other, and that's their bonding moment because they hated each other beforehand. Like, I'm just like, why can't it just be a shark ripping up some people? I I don't understand why we had to have this heartwarming moment. And then at the end, like, two of them survive, but, like, they have like two jumps at the very end for no fucking reason like one gets on the boat and the other one's not gonna make it so she hops back off and then the other one makes it and the other one's not gonna make it and i was like we just did this two seconds ago why did we and then for some reason like the bitchy girl from high school's on that boat that's saving them and like it's supposed to be like a (laughs) i'm cool moment and i was just like I'm really confused. Like, there's bigger things that we should be worried about, like the great white sharks, maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> I just, for a shark movie, it's okay. <laughs> the first one was okay as well. Uh, 
same thing, just two white girls in Mexico, the first one also. And I was just like, okay. And it's always the same thing, like, um, not to trigger but like with In the Ruins as well, where <laughs> it's just a group of white people and they always like meet, they meet the local. Being and the disrespectful. Like, that's their fucking problem. White yeah. people are disrespectful. <laughs> but it's true. And that's the same thing with that same movie, the first one, where they're just like, you know, in some country and they're meet a local and there's some mysterious dark haired local with dark, deep brown eyes. And they're like, oh, we know of this place you can scuba dive or we know this weird temple you can go to. And then these people are so stupid immediately like, yes, let's go off track and this foreign country where people die every day millions of people and tourists go dis- like disappear every day exactly. and let's just let's do it baby so <laughs> those kind of movies always make me just roll my eyes but sometimes like with the ruins i mean sometimes they just pay off and that shit is like that's i love that movie but like in the first 47 meters down too and it has mandy moore in it and she's kind of whatever so i should probably do a double feature of them back to back one day just get really fucking drunk and just give them a shot because <laughs> i don't remember the first one because i Oh my god, full circle. I was making my bed. I was putting my first bed frame together when I was watching that movie. So I was kind of, it was in the background and I was like, whatever. But I'll double feature them one day, maybe. I haven't even seen them. Oh, you haven't? Mm-mm. They're, um. <sighs> um <laughs> exactly. I don't want to say, like, uh, I don't want to be rude and say they're not worth your time, but I don't think they're worth your time. <laughs> like, they're really don't not. pay to rent them, but like, if you have the streaming service and the time, I guess. <laughs> Take a gander. <laughs> but, I mean, and I love stupid... I Obviously, obviously, I love stupid horror shit. I do. But but those are the ones where, like, they're so stupid, but they take themselves so seriously, and it just, like, makes you roll your eyes even more at them. Like Fantasy Island. <laughs> I didn't see, is that one... Was that good? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's like that where they tried to make it a whole like lesson and it was just poorly executed and you're like yeah if if it was well done the themes could have been there but no it's awful <laughs> okay because i never had the desire to watch that movie you solidified it for me i'm never gonna watch it now um i guess for me i mean i watched underwater for the first time and have you guys seen underwater at all Mm-mm. What? Okay. Um, it's um, it's not like groundbreaking. It really isn't. And somebody, because um, I had asked on Twitter if somebody, if people had seen it before, and one of the people that replied, I'm sorry, I forgot your name, uh, but one of the people who had replied said it was like Alien Underwater, pretty much, and that's pretty much exactly what it is, just not as good as Alien, obviously. But it's not a bad movie. It's fantastic in terms of just the visuals and just. Water in general, like Stormy said, is like the scariest thing in the world to me. Like, like aquatic horror fucking just terrifies me in any sense of the word. Just because I'm scared of the ocean. I'm scared of just like what, what's on. I mean, like literally a high percentage of the ocean is like undiscovered, has never been explored. Like we literally don't know what's down there. So that's pretty much what this is. Like they go into the marina's trench, which is like the deepest trench in like the world or whatever, and they're just down there doing their thing. I watched it obviously for Kristen Stewart just because I had rewatched. <laughs> Um, Twilight with my sister for the first time who's never seen it and god they're awful so bad but I remember as like a 14 year old uh, full of depression and sadness like that was my everything was Twilight so I was like yeah let me watch that shit with you because I haven't seen it since I was 16 years old and <laughs> just as bad but I was like you know what it's enjoyable i guess my comfort movies i guess i was like but let me see what's been going on because i've never seen kristen stewart in anything but twilight so i was like let me watch this movie and see what it's about because it looks kind of cool uh it's okay it's not 
if you love aquatic horror, I'd watch it just because the creature designs are fantastic and like the last 30 minutes are like just visually stunning. Uh, but beyond that, there's nothing like exciting about it. Uh, I know one of the actors in there has like a big scandal and he's an awful person and he's very intolerable throughout the movie. But beyond that, it's <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. That's really like the only major thing I watched beyond um, Black Christmas, the, like the latest one, 2019. Which I guess kind of ties into like the next topic really quickly of just, uh, it's Christmas time, obviously. We're moving into December. Uh, so I did want to kind of discuss just like some of our favorite Christmas horror films. But I mean, just really quickly tying those two together, I guess. So I did watch Black Christmas 2019. Uh, I didn't finish it. I still haven't finished it. Uh, I have still like the last 20 minutes to watch. I just haven't been able to finish it just because it, it didn't entice me to the point of like wanting to finish it fully. Have you seen it? You've seen it, Ree, right? Yeah. I didn't see it. It's okay, you know. There are fun parts, but as a whole, it's just... I don't know. It kind of bored me, but <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And I did enjoy, like, you know, the song that... The iconic oh, song yeah. in there. But, like... <laughs> and the twist kind of threw me off. I won't spoil it for you, but, like, it was just... I, I I don't know. I'm sure the new kids will love it. Like <laughs> the new kids, <laughs> the, 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 the babies. Yeah. <laughs> it just sucks because I don't know. Like the dialogue and like the the story they're trying to tell is like very needed, and it has a place. Obviously, it deserves to be told. It just the execution is just like it was so like weird the entire time and then like the first half of the movie like the deaths are just like people where we see them for one scene and then they die i hate those kind of deaths where and then it's just like some random girl she's in there for two seconds and then she shows up again and then she dies and i'm like i didn't i don't need like a five minute scene of this woman i don't know walking around this house that i don't care about they're just like there's no establishment of anything going on in the first like hour but literally like after like the first hour when it started getting like really ridiculous and crazy i kind of thought it was more fun i was like yeah this is kind of fun but I just stopped watching it at that point because I had other things to attend to. And I was like, I was like, I'll come back. I was like, I'll finish it. Um, cause I just want to finish it, but I just, I just, it hasn't like enticed me to like go back and like want to finish it. The themes are so good. I just wish it was better executed. Like you said, the dialogue just gets cliche at some points. Like, but it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> but, uh, but Christmas horror. So let's just kind of run through that because I love Christmas horror. I think, it's my favorite, I don't, it's weird, because Halloween's a big thing, obviously, but I think my favorite time of year in terms of horror is Christmas horror. I don't have no idea. It just has always resonated with me for some reason. Um, so what are just some of your guys' favorite Christmas horror movies? Stormy, you can start. What are your, like, your faves? I'm a really bad one to start with, because I don't, I've never really watched, like, I mean, I've watched the original Black Christmas, but other than that, like, that's not really anything that I've ventured into. And I don't know if it's, like, a family thing that, like, just during this time I was, like, Christian washed. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> or what, but I just, I, it's just not a genre that I really ever delved into. Ooh, okay, you're going to have a fun time. You're going to have a fun time because it's one of my favorites. Rory, I mean, what are your faves? Definitely. that It's definitely my favorite. I think it's the, like, subversion of happiness that makes it so good, like, supposed to be happy but no um p2 (laughs) no (laughs) p2 is definitely my top favorite christmas movie i have yet to see Um, that movie 
oh, that she Angela probably will say that's probably my fi- favorite final girl. Like Ooh. she's she's a real one, and the premise is that she gets kidnapped by her like work security guard on Christmas Eve. It's so good, favorite, and then. So, you know, I love B-movies. I gotta go for Jack Frost. Oh, yes. The Mutant Snowman. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go without that one. And then Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. The is... fifth one? There's five of them? Yeah. There, there's more than five, I think. <laughs> the fifth one is... It's essentially the Christmas equivalent of Halloween 3. Like, it's like deadly toys on Christmas. Killing... <laughs> So that one's always fun. I'm basic. I'm my like all my favorites are like the basic ones. Obviously, like Black Christmas movies. The original Black Christmas is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Uh, the 2006 remake is okay. It's not like exciting in any way, but um, the cast is really funny. So I always like watch it for them. Uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies that to me is horror adjacent and just kind of horror in general uh, is Gremlins. I love Gremlins. Like I can't ever go through the month of December without watching Gremlins. I love everything about it. Um, and I've mentioned it probably like last week or the week before. Uh, there's just a scene where the mom's in the house by herself with the Gremlins and she's like walking around and uh, the Do You Hear What I Hear Christmas song is playing in the background the entire time and I'm just like, peak horror. I love that shit. It's just so campy. It's so stupid and I love Gremlins so much. Uh, but, but those are just like my faves. I just love that shit. I love Christmas horror. Krampus obviously came out of nowhere and was fantastic just because obviously we just we just stand we love that movie it's stupid campy also like super over the top but i love that movie and my roommate shannon fell down the stairs at the theater when we watched that movie so (laughs) (laughs) so i have a lot of memories of that movie i have krampus's beating stick tattooed on my ankle do you (laughs) really yeah the most random tattoos i live for it (laughs) really i'm literally like a post-it note for random tattoos but that was for, like, the lore of Krampus, not, like, the movie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but I love Christmas horror. Obviously, I mean, just watch Christmas horror. Or tell us what you love. Tell us, listeners, obviously, tell us what's your favorite horror shit in or during Christmas time. We'd love to know. Uh, but that was fun. That's pretty much everything, because I definitely just want to get into Hereditary at this point, because there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, so go ahead and sit tight, everybody. We'll be right back with Hereditary. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, well, we are back, and we are going to be diving into Hereditary. We are beyond ecstatic about this. So Hereditary is a 2018 film that has cemented itself as a favorite amongst many horror fans. The film follows Annie and her family as they deal with the aftermath of her mother's death. Unfortunately, this family has secrets that go deeper than most, and Annie is left struggling to save her family. First shown at the Sundance Film Festival in January of 2018, the film would see a release in theaters in June of the same year. Hereditary was directed by Ari Aster and was his first major motion picture. Ari has quickly become a director to watch out for as he tackles grief and anguish in visually striking ways. 
The film also has a fantastic cast of performers that have cemented a must-watch aura around the film. Of course, Tony Collette is Annie, Millie Shapiro is Charlie, Gabriel Bryan is Steve, and Alex Wolf is Peter. Uh, so we're just going to be all over the place because this movie has so much to it. There's so much amazing shit that happens in this film. But I mean, just kind of, I guess, diving into it, let's just kind of, just kind of throw our, I don't know. I don't know where to start with this thing. Uh, what do y'all, I just, what do we, what do we think? What do we think about this movie? Because I'm obsessed. We're going to let Rhea go first. Oh God. Our, our guest of honor. <laughs> yeah, obsessed is definitely the word because I watched it you know, two times <laughs> just to make sure I could get everything, you know, but I love it. Like I said, the first time I watched that, like someone tweeted while I was watching this weirdly that they will never like top seeing it the first time. And that's exactly the thing. Like you just can't like, and I went in blind. Like we literally just were like, let's go see a movie. Don't know what's out. Here's this scary movie apparently. And we got the giggles halfway through, and when it got to, you know, the scene, it's just like, we were like, what is this that we've walked into, and how is it just going to go? It's just fascinating, amazing, 10 out of 10. Yes. Yes, 10 out of 10. One of, like, my fucking favorites. I mean, there's just so much to this movie. There's just... There's a lot. There's so many things to kind of just discuss and kind of cover. Uh, I guess first and foremost... In terms of just, I kind of want to just talk like character and scenes, I guess, first, because there's just so much to kind of dive into it. The crazy thing, I guess, with especially with a character development, which, you know, I'm a whore for character development. Like I, I can watch shitty movies all day and watch people I don't care about get killed to an extent. Uh, but this movie, there's just so much. And even watching it or rewatching it for this podcast, I was like, man, I wish we could have like a movie set before this, like a prequel of some sort. Cause there's just, you go into it and Tony Collette does a fantastic job at just like displaying so much emotion. And like, you know, some shit went down with her mom that we don't even know. And I'm just like, I want to know what happened. Cause they just go into it. So it's just, you're thrown into it and it's insane. And Ari Aster, I mean, he literally sat down and he like created biographies and like backstories and like had full blown like lives planned out for each character before he even like started writing the script and like you can feel that shit like you just go into it and everything is just so well constructed and thought out which i mean we can appreciate obviously it's a piece of art but the characters just go through so fucking much in this movie and i mean obviously tony was snubbed deserves everything uh (laughs) but all of them they all did amazing in this movie Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I had a drink. Speechless. <laughs> I was just gonna say I'm the opposite of Rini. Like, so I went. I didn't watch this until after I watched Midsummer the first time. Mm. And so I had everybody's like, "Oh my God, Hereditary is so much better. Hereditary is this. Hereditary is that." Like, all I could hear was everybody talking about it the first time that I watched it. And I'm that person that, like, if other people like it and it's, like, a cult classic, I need to like it. (laughs) So there was just so much pressure my first time watching it that I was, like, I don't know. But this time, like, completely changed my opinion. Like, Mm -hmm. I liked it before. It was really good. But this time, just being able to, like, immerse myself, I guess, and be, like, in the moment with it, I was just, like, oh, I'm going to be rewatching this a lot of times. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know, like, my rewatch count at this point. I'm not going to even try. (laughs) (laughs) 
see, for me, it's one of those movies where I try not to rewatch it so much just because uh, I'm really weird. When they're like one of my favorite, unless it's Scream, that's just a different vibe for me. Uh, <laughs> but if there are movies that I watch and I think they're like masterpieces, like I try to like just hold on to like the feelings that I have, uh, like from the jump. I'm weird like that where if I watch something consistently, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. It loses like an aura. It's yeah. still fantastic. And I can still say it's perfect film, but it kind of loses that aura. So with Hereditary, I've seen it. I think a total of five times, which is still a lot, but like to me, that's not a lot because I've, you know, I've seen like Scream or fucking I Know What You Did Last Summer like a thousand times. So for that, I like to keep it special. I like every time I watch a movie like this to be like a moment. Uh, the first time I watched it, and then like a second time immersing myself, and then every other time is to like introduce it to somebody. So I just love it. It's one of those movies where it just it holds so much weight and there's just so it's so heavy as a movie it's a heavy ass movie and absolutely (laughs) it just hits like every box for me in terms of like what a horror movie can be really it's just it's so good uh i just like that yeah like you said it does really just check all that those boxes for how horror should be and i like that it does also kind of incorporate jump scares like there are jump scare-esque like things in there that aren't but it's always like i mean you like deserve it because you just he just builds up anxiety so well that the scares that come from that are always on point like subtle some a little taste mm-hmm. that you <laughs> you worked for like you said um but i love to because a lot of the horror comes um from the despair of like everything like the horror is just like the realization of like I can relate to these people in like a weird way and not even a weird way sometimes it could be like on the nose like I relate to Annie I relate to Peter I relate to um the dad I forget his name Steve um like I can relate to these people in just like a weird way and Mm -hmm. or not even like a weird way but like a direct way and I think that's what really can you say like with the jump scares and stuff like it's all earned it all just it comes together in a way that it just makes sense and I think it just works beautifully. It's just fantastic. Even like the first, like, I guess like major scare in the movie where um, Annie's in her room and she like turns off the light and her mom's like there suddenly in the corner. And then like, she just, I remember the first time I watched that and I was like, I was like, excuse me, ma'am, you old woman. I don't want you to be just all up in my business like this. I don't want this. But... Adrian's like peak horror, a white woman in his room. <laughs> exactly. She really is like the epitome of the devil because she is just sitting, her picture that they use at the funeral too, where she's sitting there in that chair, like she's just like the high priestess and I'm like, girl. Self-serving white woman. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Can't stand her. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, in terms of characters, I mean, I'm so basic and I always ask like the most basic questions, but like just out of everybody, who is your favorite or I guess like who do you relate to the most? Uh, Stormy? Relate to the most? I don't think I have one. Maybe the dad, because the dad just has to take everything in stride. The dad's just there for a ride. He does not understand what the fuck's going on in his own house. (laughs) He's just, he's taking on a lot of trauma from a lot of people (laughs) while also being traumatized. So he's probably my favorite and my most relatable. Um, And like, I just love him because... Like I said, he just takes on everything and like he doesn't lose his shit, really. Like he's kind of just like accepted the fact that he loves these people and like he has to deal with it kind of thing. Yeah. Like he does what he has to do to take care of his family. 
But the scene where he has to slam on his brakes to avoid hitting the other car. Oh, yeah. When he, like, finally breaks down, I'm like, oh. Yeah. An understated performance. Uh, Gabriel really, Byrne is amazing in that film, mm-hmm. too. Because he really, he's, like, the cool, calm, collective person. Because everybody else is, like, you know, Annie's on 10. And, like, Peter's, like, completely shut down. And, he like, he has to be, like, the neutral party. Uh, he's awesome. Who's your favorite person in the film, then, Ree? Uh, probably Peter. Most relatable Peter. He's just, you know, he's really just trying to, like, go to this party and chill out. (laughs) He's really just trying to go smoke some weed with a girl that he likes. (laughs) He's just trying to vibe. And, like, y'all know, I had just such a toxic relationship with my mother at this age, too. So I was like, whoo, every time Annie talked, I was like, oh, my God, my mom. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Whenever they're sitting at that table, dude, I felt like almost PTSD like where he's just waiting for the mom to blow up I'm just like I feel you and that look where he's when she's done I was like I've had that where your mom's done blowing up at you and you're just like am I gonna like be civil right now or (laughs) am I gonna do exactly what you just did to me like uh, and that panic attack scene just like broke my heart like under the bleachers with his friends I was like oh and his friend takes his hand. I'm like, yes, real friends. Like, I have a theory about that later. Ooh, same. <laughs> Get into it. What's the theory? Tell me all about it. D- how? I mean, I okay. Feel like it's, it's really going to derail us. So I feel like we should cover your favorite person. <laughs> okay, okay. And then we'll take that's that that's the question that I've been repeating in my notes. <laughs> um okay 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 well uh, my favorite also is uh or i guess most relatable is peter obviously it just makes i mean he just it really is in terms of like family trauma and just like kind of having like the matriarch like the matriarch of the family uh you know being that aggressive or just like you know attacking you for stuff or like kind of putting a blame on you for things but then they're also kind of to blame at the same time so very relatable um i feel for him so and every like rewatch of the film i just like i I just feel I feel for him more and more and more because the first time watching the movie, I mean, you focus on Tony Collette and you focus on Annie, um, and she just does a fantastic job, obviously. But he really is my favorite, most relatable. Um, but I mean, obviously, I can't I can't hate on Annie because she also it sucks, but she also has her own trauma with her mother, who mm-hmm. we never meet, and it's the whole. I mean, it's life. Unfortunately, it sucks. But like her trauma is passed on to her kids' trauma, you know, onto their kid, onto her children, and then they develop trauma, and just. I just wish, and I'm rooting for her the entire film every time I watch, because I just want her to, like, fucking solve it and just, like, save her family if she can, because she unfortunately kind of put him in this position based off of what her mother put her in. But I don't know. It's all so crazy. I honestly just want to hear your theories. <laughs> <laughs> My main theory is if she had gone to therapy, <laughs> this would have all been avoided. <laughs> instead of joining a cult (laughs) (laughs) instead of a cult how about therapy (laughs) that would have say that would have solved a lot of people's problems and a lot of (laughs) storylines including my own if we're being honest Mm -hmm. (laughs) do we want to get into our weed theory i don't know if yours is related to the weed and the friend yeah okay yep (laughs) Cool, I think we're on the same boat. We'll let Rhi take the reins. So how, okay, so Annie, Charlie, and I also have a theory about Annie's childhood also, but the (laughs) (laughs) assumption, 
<laughs> the assumption is that they have taken this herb to evacuate their soul. And we see uh, Charlie taking it as a baby in the bottle, and then Joan gives it to Annie. So how is Peter's soul evacuated if we have not seen him take the herb? So the theory is that it either, to me, happened when that panic attack or Mm -hmm. when we see the person outside of his window. Because it does, at at the beginning of that scene, specifically focus on his pile of weed before he puts it in the bong so how well, and he refers to it as he's like i have really good weed yeah. like yeah. later on mm-hmm. so like it's probably really good weed for a reason because <laughs> here it's the devil's lettuce yeah. <laughs> it is directly from payment himself <laughs> it's one of the kings of hell you better fucking hit <laughs> <laughs> I want my goddamn money back. I'm not gonna fucking be sucking something from the devil's fucking I don't know from the devil's anus and then not taste fucking pristine. I need it to be pristine. But yeah, that's interesting because I also when they were discussing uh, the herb and everything, I didn't. I never put that together at all, and that makes sense. And that helps tie up like a loose end for me too because that every time I watch a movie, I think the exact same thing. I'm like, I don't understand like how his soul well, was evacuated and- the body. And whenever he's saying that, like, my throat feels like it's getting bigger, like, Mm -hmm. for me, that was almost like a glimpse of Charlie getting, like, that much closer to being Peter. Like, Payman, that much closer to being Peter. And there's also, when you, when you see the scene of the mom's room is open again the first time, when you see this triangle on the floor, there's a teacup in her windowsill. So... I'm wondering, did she, how did she die? Because we don't know that. Did she evacuate her own soul or did she just die of natural causes? And I don't know. But you also see Charlie's little, uh, like, bird thing that she was making on her table. So I'm thinking maybe it's like a sacrifice? Because that's also, like, is it (laughs) that you have to kill someone or yourself in order Because it seems like there's a pattern of, like, someone dying and then payment, like, possessing whomever is next, essentially. Right. But I thought she, they killed the, her grandson and her son. So that's why I'm like, is he just, like, body hopping until he gets to, like, (laughs) like, a healthy male? (laughs) Yeah, I think, and it's weird, too, because Annie, or not Annie, um, well, Annie's mother, um, she definitely seems to kind of be obviously like the driving force for all the possessions. Cause I mean, obviously like, yeah, with Annie's brother where he was consistently dealing with the mother trying to put payment inside of him, like from mm-hmm. the jump where he just, uh, then, you know, committed suicide. And it, I mean, and even in that, they I'm like, wrote did it he? off as his schizophrenia. Yeah. yeah. So. Like, but even then I'm like, you know, did he commit suicide? What happened? Like, what's like, I just, I, like I said, I need a prequel. I need to know what happened before this movie. Um, but I, I'm under the assumption that the mother did sacrifice herself in some way. Because um, like what Stormy said, you can notice like the little Charlie figure on her, you know, in her room when they show it the first time around. And then it goes to the scene, too, after Charlie cuts the bird off or the head of the bird off. And like she makes another like figure or, or she just carries it out into the field when she sees her grandma out there. And like that gorgeous shot midday. I love midday, like bright horror. Yeah. I just love that shit. But when the grandma's out there butt ass naked with the fire <laughs> surrounding her, to me, it just like... um. I feel like it's Charlie kind of having, like, a moment of, like, just, like, reliving that. So I feel like that happened. I feel like she 
sacrificed herself if like charlie was probably there when that happened mm-hmm. i don't know what happened for sure obviously i don't know what happened but that just was my assumption the entire time is that she did sacrifice herself in some way out in those woods and charlie was a part of it and i don't know that shit's wild i hate her i don't even know her and i hate that woman the fact that she left a note is like don't hate me like what do you mean <laughs> like, you just a gaslighting mother you sacrificed my child <laughs> <laughs> like... But also, when you look at the mats, um, there's a Charles mat. Is that for Charlie. Charles? But her brother's name is Charles. Annie's brother's oh, name is also right, Charles. Right, right, so what's right. that? You're right. And are the mats spells? Are there spells in the mats? I feel like there's something attached to them in some way. Yeah, because she hasn't boxed up. I mean, obviously, for probably uh, traumatic reasons, just getting rid of her mother as much as she can. But I do feel like they probably bring some type of weird energy into the house. Just with obviously just with the way she designs them as well, which is like the mm-hmm. symbols and the design right. of them. I feel like they're inviting in some way. I mean, a doormat itself is an invitation into your home. Mm-hmm. So to me, yeah, when I see those doormats and I just see the symbols and just I assume that it's some type of invitation into the home, a way to kind of allow the spirit from the jump to just be allowed into your home. Mm-hmm. Because with those spirits, you got to invite them in in some way. They can't come in without an invitation. Exactly. So I do think that those are constructed in a way where they're, that's what they're for. Because Joan, this sneaky little Joan, has <laughs> one also. Who she, in every rewatch, I want to punch Isn't her more funny? and more. <laughs> I hate her. Dude, when uh, Annie's leaving the fabric store and Joan's just there in her car fucking pretending to push shit into the back, I just want to fucking just rail her with my fist. She, like, tossed that mirror in. I was like, is that mirror okay? (laughs) (laughs) Just paces all over the back of her Subaru. (laughs) She saw her mission and the mirror was over. (laughs) She doesn't believe in seven years of bad luck. It's just so gross to think about the fact she's probably because it also weirdly gave me like a fight club vibe where, you know, she's just going to random like grieving people and like (laughs) it's like, are you okay? Do you want to join my cult? So like, it's just like, no, man. Like, yeah, because they would like hop to the. Yeah. Yeah. Like what else? (laughs) What other meetings is she going to? (laughs) She's at a meeting. (laughs) Just like, hey, you know what would solve everything? <laughs> Payment. <laughs> Can you see her at the, like the PTA meetings with the other moms and <laughs> the muffins? <laughs> <laughs> Those moms would surely buy into it. I also, I also don't under. I feel like everybody that surrounds them, like the family, is a part of the cult. Like even with like the group recovery that she goes to, like that therapy. I feel like they're all cult members. Like I just don't. Everybody, even at the very beginning, Annie, no, like, not even, like, trying to hide it. She's like, I don't know who the fuck you people are. Like, from the jump, she's like, I don't know who you people are. Like, you know, my mom was probably just a suitcase. Yeah, she surely laid it out for them. But I just feel like they're surrounded by those cult members, like, the entire movie. But you also do get that where it's, like, it is easier to talk about things to strangers, you know. So maybe that's, I mean, of course cults know that, so... (laughs) bury that um i also wonder if the grandpa starved himself because he didn't want to be a part of everything because what were they putting the herbs in was he like trying to like save his soul if he didn't yeah maybe yeah they couldn't possess him ah okay perhaps damn i just need to know what's happening also the with the whole like smoke in the weed thing like the buddy that's with him that takes his hand he's in the treehouse scene <gasps> is he 
Yeah, the one with the man bun. The the one sitting across from him. Yeah, the, the, he was in the blue. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Because he also, but I also noticed because he was handed the pipe, but I don't think he smoked it. Because when you look there. at the pattern of like the smoke being blown not to be a weird stoner <laughs> but like yeah you can literally see that everyone else is blowing this direction but there's no smoke that comes from this direction <laughs> like interesting so kind of like even further in that theory peter's crush the girl that he goes to the party for on facebook whenever they look at her facebook her last name is Mulpy or Pay. I, I can't. I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's um, the name of a Greek siren who lures people to their deaths, <gasps> and she's the one that invites him to the party. So, like, maybe I'm just delving too deep into that, but like, also symbolism. Which is why I think I really do think there's so many people part of this cult that are just like leading them strategically into these situations. Like, it just, I mean, beyond just the force of evil itself, like, um, like push, like the wind that pushes over the fucking nail polish onto Jones' number so Anna can call her. I just, I do feel like it's all strategic. I just, I don't know. This cult knows what they're doing, and it's like everything is meticulously put together to get what they want. Like the movie the is cake so circumstantial. Magically had nuts. Very <laughs> yeah. that. Those bitches, Martha Stewart ass, and the who is in a fucking who goes to a house party and says, "Let's just make a fucking cake while we're here," and just just chopping nuts like that, and like it just fucking like bitch. I don't know. You bitches are fuck. You part of this cult. You're fucking demon worshippers. Also, you're demon worshippers. <laughs> Who? But I feel like I've definitely been to a party like this, and if I saw a clearly like even more underage child than me, I would be like, "We need to watch her." Like, yeah, this is right. Who is this child? Why is she here? Not. But I would probably also give her cake. Yeah, for sure. Like (laughs) to like keep her occupied. I mean, I don't know what I was doing at thirteen. I probably wouldn't have cared about my nut allergy if I was at a party too. does this have nuts in it she's probably just too scared to ask yeah, I, I would be Poor somebody child. could hand me a whole ass coconut and be like thanks yes. and it'll kill me if I eat it you gotta feel peer pressure's a bit it is I mean I guess spoilers we're in it uh so Charlie dying is like insane to me and every time I rewatch the movie it's still like it really does gag me. And this time around, like, I never really pay attention to the runtime, but I do when I'm watching for the podcast. She dies 30 minutes in. Mm-hmm. She literally mm-hmm. dies 33 minutes in of a two-hour and seven-minute movie. And they fucking knock off this girl who's on the cover, who's on the poster, who's, like, on the fucking DVD case, Blu-ray case, the pro... Like, she's everywhere. And they did surely swerve us with that, because that shit is insane. I mean, so do we think, obviously, that it's just... It propels the movie in like a good direction. Mm-hmm. It has, it has to happen, and that's another theory. <laughs> I mean, obviously she has to die. We know that, but like, so the head, the decapitating thing, is part of Payman's ritual. He has to have three heads. Like, actually, like the real Payman has to have four, but Ari Aster got like weird about using like the actual shit, so he was like, let's just change it to three. Smart man. So that's why the grandma's beheaded in the end, and then. Tony Collette does her crazy shit. Oh, yes. I'm obsessed with that. That seems so good. But yeah, so she had to go. But I think it's... I don't know. I mean, the first time I watched it, I was surely... Uh, like you said, Re, like when you were in the theater, like just kind of have vibing at first. Like, ah, and then that happens. And it really changes the whole course of the movie. Because at that point, you're like... <laughs> what? It, it does. 
it like it just we just watch a child die yes that that's it (laughs) and that's something that like a lot of horror movies try to stray away from like trying to harm kids or even even like ready or not when they were innovative for letting her punch the kid like that's (laughs) but i the thing that killed me was when he's like trying to ask are you okay like it every single time it like just Mm -hmm. gets me like I think that's my favorite part of the movie. How long is that scene? Because it feels like it goes on for at least two minutes is how long it feels. I don't know. And it it kills me every time. It really does. Like he, Alex Wolf is fantastic because that scene is like, even again in rewatching it, just like she dies. And like I immediately in my, in my mind, I was like, what would I do in that situation? Like, exactly. like what do I, and he, First off, he's high, and you're just like, first off, like, full like panic fresh attack. bong rip. Like, what? I, if I was like literally stoned out of my mind, and you know, I just off my younger sister on accident, but she's dead, and like, I'm just she, her body's in the back of my car. Like, oh my god, and he musters up the strength. I, I think I would just sit there and just like. I don't know. It's just even hard to think about what you would do. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just feel bad for him the entire time. Because in Annie, I mean, I understand she's going through a lot. But then, like, she immediately just outpours, like, all of her blame onto him. But then she has so much issues. God, trauma. Uh, because then when she goes to the the group therapy thing again, and she's just talking about, or the first time around, I think, where she's just talking about how she feels like everybody blames her for everything. And she just, she thinks that she's at fault, or they think that she's at fault. But then, like... The first instance that something happens that she isn't directly a part of, like, she just throws all her blame onto her son. And you're just like, why? Like, you're trying to be a better mother, but you immediately do what you hate people doing to you, to your son. And then it just, it adds so much more just sadness to the movie because you see, you're stuck with him, like you said, for, like, minutes. Like, I don't even know how long that scene is. You can just, you feel his pain, you feel so bad for him, and then it just goes into fucking Annie immediately putting all the blame onto him, which, I mean... We love that table scene. It's fantastic. But you can't help but, like, just feel bad for him at all. Like, it just sucks. And even the score, like, it's there multiple times, I know. It's the score before the party when they're like, it just sounds like, well, when they're driving, it actually sounds to me like that sound when you go over the meat, the, the, the white lines. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to Um. me. Like, so that's why it like makes it weirder to me because it's it even sounds like he's driving erratically to like try and get her there but then there's a one where annie is talking to peter and charlie and it sounds like a heartbeat like you can it's like in tune with charlie and peter being like mom (laughs) like you're making us anxious like and that's such an effective like such an effective score on that and you know me, I'm a uh, a score whore, I guess. I don't know. I'm just rhyming whore with everything today. But I do. <laughs> Music is, like, to me, like, a movie is not going to be scary without the tone being set. And the music in this film is just fantastic. It's just the score itself and just, like, the dread that is just there, like, consistently. And if you listen, it's crazy because even, I mean, he'll transition to, like, being completely silent in some scenes, which works, I mean, obviously wonders. But, like, there's just always, like, something there. There's always some type of noise going on just to kind of continue that dread. Because it's just, I don't know, Ari Aster is fantastic. He's amazing. And just even, like, his, um, 
to get really like nerdy, I guess. Like his tilt camera shots too, like the tilt shift that he does um, mm-hmm. for a lot of the outside shots of the home, which are fantastic. Because I mean, Annie's whole career is like making miniatures, and it's just awesome that every time there's a shot of the home, like there's like some type of tilt shift to it just to make it look really small or like not even realistic as like a home. And it's just like he does that so often. There's even shots where. Um, I mean, obviously, the first shot of the movie where it transitions into the miniature and, like, it just cuts immediately to uh, the dad walking in on Peter. And even then, you're still, like, I don't know if this is, like, an actual set piece or if this is, like, a miniature. Because just the way that he focuses the camera a lot makes you feel like you're you're really, really, like, looking at these people. And they just the way it works. I mean, obviously, that's how film is. But, like, he makes it intentionally make it. It just feels like a dollhouse sometimes. Like, a lot of the shots inside that house just feel like they're little stick people walking around, I guess. He does fantastic at that. I don't know why I just thought about this, but, like, going back to what you were saying about the blame, like, that scene also when she's at the therapy where the therapist literally asks her, like, what are they blaming you for? Like, and who... And that's what I was saying, like, that's the really theme of the whole movie. Who is... When she's like, I have to all I do is slave and defend you like who are you defending him from who is like saying anything about Peter who like it makes you also think of like how much does she how much does she know like just right off the bat like it just feels like she she knows some type of fucking spooky shit is happening like she has to because she, she sees her mom for the first time in the room and she's immediately researching apparitions and like what does it mean when you see these things because it shows us that on her computer screen when she's working and like she's like researching these things like right off the bat so she obviously has some type of indication that there's some type of supernatural element going on to her mother's death and just like her defense of Peter and stuff but she doesn't she doesn't like fully embrace that in a way that she like can actively try to help anybody until like her mom dies and she goes into fucking panic mode and tries to figure out like what was happening and what her mother was doing and she obviously knows that there's some type of supernatural element to it but she just doesn't until this movie she doesn't know how to like work or like she doesn't know how to handle that well enough yeah i think she's been living in denial for a really long time and I also think that her sleepwalking is her that part of her that knows acting out. Mm-hmm. Like, I think... Because, um, like, she even says in one of the dream sequences, I wasn't trying to kill you, I was trying to save you. Mm-hmm. So, like... And I also kind of think that's why she works with models, is because she, like, control has 100% it. control of something. And that, that line, too, that I was trying to save you, like, that could mean so many things which is another thing about this whole thing that like imagine that that scene to like a black woman like i'm trying to save Mm -hmm. you from the world police brutality judgment like and this is the whole thing that i get obviously it's about mental illness but like it could also be about like religious expectations familial expectations like the whole and um charlie's like she wanted me to be a boy that could be so many things for like yes like oh like trans kids like um just anyone whose family is just imposing all of these like restrictions rules expectations on them and it's just stressful (laughs) yeah i agree and that's why with charlie's character too i just feel like um because she's obviously i mean there's a part of payment that's inside her 
from the jump. But that's just that the whole aspect of her character feels like that. Like you said, like the just the coding that kind of goes behind it. I don't know what Ari was trying to do with that. But like you said, with the notion of her saying, you know, well, they wish I was a boy and just like her, just her demeanor and like the big oversized sweaters. Because I know a lot of I mean, at least for me personally, just with what I saw in my small town, any individual who was queer or anything, they just wear oversized clothing. They don't know like how to express their body in a certain way and they don't know who they are in a sense and like she i mean she wears big clothing she doesn't know who she is she doesn't know who she's supposed to be and it just it sucks for her and it's just she she expresses that to her mother and obviously annie doesn't like you know Mm -hmm. unfortunately like most mothers doesn't know how to react to that and doesn't really know how to handle that in a proper way or like have a full-blown discussion of like making sure she's comfortable in who she is regardless from the jump so it just makes it i feel bad for charlie (laughs) the entire movie because she comes into the movie with just her own shit to deal with i mean obviously her her grandmother was feeding that shit into her from the beginning and just you know there's a deeper darker meaning you know with demons and possession that go into it but just in terms of just what her character represents like you said i mean there's an underlying of representation there like you said for trans kids because she doesn't she doesn't know who she is and she doesn't know what she's supposed to be i guess you can say instead of just like focusing on what makes her feel the most like her i guess and she and peter are 13 and 16 and their entire family is like putting all of this on them to be like oh this big god's gonna give us all of the riches and like that's (laughs) stressful like y'all are fresh teenagers you're that's not your responsibility like (laughs) and charlie she doesn't even like yeah she's literally 13 what does she know like she's just trying to live make her little dolls and here her grandmother is like i need you to be this demon so we can make that money (laughs) (laughs) i hate it and it always comes down i mean not to get into like why people worship the devil or practice no but it's money (laughs) it's always money and i'm like girl just i don't know like i don't know fucking (laughs) go sell that ugly cardigan you have on in that goddamn uh obituary picture bitch because like why do you you're gonna sacrifice everything your whole family your livelihood just to fucking have those pictures of her in that book with those fucking coins just raining down on her first off the first time i saw that (laughs) girl i hate that picture and she's just in her little dress and with her little crown and i'm like you really think you're the shit bitch you really think that you're just your shit don't stink she's just annoying to me that was her wedding day to the devil adrian it's a special day (laughs) (laughs) but who gets the money if your whole family's dead like (laughs) i don't get it Who does, really? I really, I think it's supposed to pay out, like, in the afterlife. Like, you, she's supposed to be, like, the queen of hell and get to do whatever she wants to do. She's surely going to be tortured for the rest of her life. I hope she, <laughs> I hope she enjoys what she did to her family. Like, you get all these riches and you'll get all this money and everything you want, but just, I don't know. And does that trickle down into the family? Because, I mean, they have a nice, uh, what does the dad do? Do we know what he does? I don't know. Don't, right? I don't know. I researched how much like an individual makes when they're making miniatures. Um, cause the entire, <laughs> no, I was. Because I was like, obviously, like it has to, even if the grandmother and Annie were like estranged, and, I mean, like the fortitude of just like being able to have like all this money offered to you in some weird way obviously had to trickle down to her family as well because that's still, Payman's Vessel was going to be one of those kids. So I think they're just well off just to be well off because um, I surely did I looked into it immediately it's like how much is how much can Annie make realistically doing this and then looking into it I mean it kind of depends I guess on who your buyer is because you can make good money but obviously just 
in the realm of like I don't know, getting really weird with it, like 3D printing and shit. Like miniatures, kind of like the detailing that Annie does has kind of fallen off a little bit in terms of like what they need. So it's like so she's it depends. Like she, it depends on who her her buyer is because I don't think they would be able to like have that much money realistically if that's just what she was doing. So I don't know what the dad does, but I just feel like they're just fortunate just for the sake of the mother's sacrifice from the jump. Very possible. Am I just imagining it? Or did y'all see the symbol of payment on that pole too? No, yeah. Yeah. It was there. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, am I projecting that? Or... And that means, did they plant like a dead deer? Like, where did they just find a deer? <laughs> they had to have. That was my... All you see is four old white women carrying a, car- <laughs> a carcass <laughs> into the road. And that's another thing. Like, how did no one They're know? Like, this is your cue. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Like, how did they know they were leaving the party? Did they get like a text? Like, <laughs> Charlie's dying. Go, go, go. Okay. I love that you guys mentioned that because at the very end of the movie, when all those naked people were just kneeling in the fucking treehouse, I thought to myself, <laughs> I thought to myself, I was like, I really wish we could have like an offbeat comedy of like the cult. Because everything is so, it all falls into place so perfectly. And I was like, I just want to see this cult do what they're doing. Because it all, it's just, I can just imagine it being so funny. Like them just being like, okay, okay, well, fucking, like one of them shows up fully clothed and they're like, bitch, Karen, (laughs) strip down, baby. We got shit to do. And you got to fucking go up there and fucking, you know, move that old dead bitch's body into the perfect position to be kneeling there. Please take your clothes off. I just want to see like the behind the scenes of what this fucking cult is doing. Because they really are out here doing everything. And you know it's cold, so like somebody's like it's Utah rubbing their tits in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> How did no one see these people? Like a bunch of naked white people crawling into this treehouse. Who is writing on the wall? Also, that's my question. Where did the writing come from? Was it Charlie? I don't know why I thought it was just Charlie. Maybe like just doing it out of maybe she was like just instinctually felt like she had to. Was my assumption maybe. But I don't know. There's so much into it. This cult really, they came into this like fully prepared. They really, truly did. And I guess I just assume like obviously the naked people are alive and like the other people are dead. Yeah. Well, and then I didn't notice it until this time, but the naked man in the doorway um, is the same guy from the funeral. Uh Uh-huh. That smiled at Charlie. The way I just would not. Mm-hmm. I get that my mom is like possessed and in a corner, probably gonna come at me. <laughs> but I'm not looking away from this creepy naked man, like <laughs> in my home. Like we're gonna stare at each other until you move, because <laughs> it's terrifying. You move your wrinkly balls <laughs> so I can get on with my life. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a no <laughs> oh my goodness i can't fucking do uh well you know me i'm uh i just love like uh visuals if anything um mm-hmm. so just this movie itself has so many amazing visuals i love just the red light that comes on at the treehouse like and it's just it's just beautiful it's a beautiful shot every time they do it um i obviously love the shot where um uh, where the dad dies and Annie, like when she throws the fucking book in there and he goes up in flames. And, <laughs> Instantly. <laughs> yeah, and it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful shot of her just standing there. I just love anything that happens in broad daylight, which is why he, which I love Midsummer for because everything just happens like in broad daylight. It just always freaks me out. So this man going up in full flames when the sun is fucking fully shining into this home is a gorgeous shot to me. Um, uh, I don't know. I love it. What are like some of your guys' like favorite, I guess, like visual things in the movie? 
You know, oh, one of them is when Peter is looking through the window, like, at the funeral. I don't know why I love that. It's just, because you see him, like, his perspective looking through the, like, colors, seeing everybody, and then you just see him, like, lurking behind this, like, window. And just so sad. I think my favorite is him sitting in the classroom. And then he looks into that trophy case, like, right before he bashes Uh. his own face in. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I never noticed until... I don't know if I'm the only one. Maybe I'm maybe I'm by myself with this. But I never noticed how, like, um, when in that same scene where he, like, reaches up in his hands, like, you know... Yes, and uh, then the staff. And the staff is the same <laughs> hand! I did not notice that until this rewatch. Same. And I was like, just... Yes, and then I was like, I'll just sit at the end of the movie, just fully just minding my own business. I was like, wow, what a great movie. And my boyfriend goes, he's all, isn't the staff, like, the same? His hand looks exactly the way Peter's did. And I was like what so i surely paused and i was like let me take that down let me write that down because i never <laughs> noticed that and it's fucking crazy because the possession was surely starting at that point mm-hmm. and to, just imagine being in school like and everyone just thinks you're weird but it's like your whole family and their issues and but that's how it is with like trauma like i, I mean yeah. i like i said i had a terrible relationship with my mom like my school required me to like get therapy to stay there because i was acting out so bad so and of course they're like you, they see it as acting out but it's just you like coping with the things going on like out in your own house but you like can't take it you can't not take it because it's in your brain so it's just like I feel bad for him I, I really really do <laughs> I feel Peter. so bad Ugh, I, feel... I feel bad for that whole family <laughs> yeah I feel bad especially the dad like Stormy said like he really is, like, so cool and calm and collected the entire time. And in this rewatch, my boyfriend kept saying, he's like, why is that dad, like, not helping? Like, why is he not doing anything? Why is he not, like, listening to the mom? Why is he not trying to help, like, you know, do all this? And I was like, well, listen. I was like, if I was in his position and, you know, my mother-in-law has uh, DID. She already has her personality disorder. And then now her, my wife is kind of acting strange and is, like, kind of, like, showing some type of, um, I don't know, some type of mental there's something mentally going on here. I'm not going to go into it and be like, oh, yeah, she's talking about demons and fucking she's a medium and she can conjure up spirits. I'm not I'm not going to like immediately like just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, like go along with it the entire. And so he is understandably kind of like just off and like trying to keep a cool, calm, collected composure throughout everything because uh, it is. It's just like, I don't know. It's insane. But I feel bad. He's for him. been dealing with this since they had kids like. She literally tried to set Peter on fire, like when he was a child. So and tried to miscarry when he was in her stomach. Like that, that scene with uh, where she's dreaming. I think she's dreaming at that yeah. point where yeah. she walks in. Yeah, with the lighter fluid, and she's like telling him, "I never wanted to be your mom." Um, I tried to miscarry, and I felt so bad. And then it's heartbreaking. And just hearing every time I watch that scene, I just. I like I don't know like I just like I stop like just like thinking about stuff and I just like try to like calm my own mind down because that shit hurts. <laughs> yeah. It really fucking hurts. You never want to hear that from your parents. I can't imagine hearing that. And I mean, are we to assume that Ellen, the grandmother, was living there when Charlie was born? Like, when did her like issues her breakdown start? started? <laughs> I think she I think she moved in after Charlie was born. Like, I think there was a period of time that she didn't live there. Mm-hmm. She she says that she, like, eventually let her mom, like, 
get her claws into her, I think is what she said or something like mm-hmm. that. But she said I, she felt guilty because she didn't ever let her see Pe- Peter. I mean, which is a good thing. <laughs> I mean, it may have ended earlier, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you may have, like, got your riches. Less but... people died. <laughs> the thing that always shakes me up is when she talks about her mother breastfeeding her daughter. And what? You see no, it in a ma'am. picture. Yeah, in or the miniature. A, one of the, yeah, figures. In one the miniature, miniature. You just yeah. see the grandma's, like, titty, titty hanging out and I was all... It's like, I know she was not suckling her grandma's titty. Because you don't have milk. <laughs> You're lying. Powdered milk. Powdered milk. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It's like, does, does she really have that much, like, supply up in there? I she mean, really does not. The, devil's the devil's juices. juices. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. But she That's did feed her the bottle, you know, with the herbs. May not have been titty milk, but... <laughs> Damn, I don't know. That shit's crazy to me. I also love that they instantly gave away the plot within probably the first 10 minutes of the movie. Because as soon as Peter's in the classroom the first time, they're talking about Hercules. Oh. And the, one of his classmates is like, he literally refuses to look at all the signs that are being handed to him the <laughs> entire play. <laughs> and that, like, how Hercules has the illusion of control when, in fact, like, is it soft? Achilles, somebody like wrote the oracle yeah. that dictates what's going to happen to him. So his whole life is premeditated. So they're literally just telling us everything. But it could also apply to Annie too. Cause in my theory, I think that at some point, cause she does say to Charlie, um, I was a tomboy, you know, I hated all things pink. Was that another Amen? thing? Yep. Yeah. Or, cause that's what I'm like, is he just hopping into bodies, like out of bodies? So like, as soon as somebody has the tea, he's all, let me try this one on for size. Fucking Goldilocks, go. motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking, too, though. Because it seems like they really did try to fucking put this demon into anybody that they could. Like, anybody that they could, they were like, let's just fucking try it out. Annie, let's go for it. Let's just, Charlie, let's just shoot for it. Because they're just trying their fucking best. And like, <laughs> That's why I think, I really do think this cult is... I mean, they do well in this movie. We see their final plan come to fruition, but I really think they're fucking stupid. I really think they're stupid. They don't know what I they're mean, doing. I mean, most cults are. <laughs> That's why I want to Definitely. see, like, a behind the scenes, because I know they're bumbling fools, like, just fucking running around. Like you said, I want to see them dragging the deer out. I want to see... <laughs> I want to see them telling Tripping that girl. all over each other. Yes, I can see it. Because, I mean, they failed multiple times. Like, how hard is it to get a demon into somebody? I mean, just, I mean, <laughs> I mean, with, <laughs> like, how hard? If you're going to do it, just fucking do it. Like, what are you doing wrong? What are you, like, I mean, the brother, I mean, I guess he was, I mean, he fought back enough to where he didn't have to, but, like, that was your opportunity to do it, and you didn't do it. Like, but what are y'all doing? that also a thing in, like, demon lore that you have to invite them into yourself in some sort of way and that's like so charlie i think it has to be a vulnerable host yeah and that's why they break this family down so much is because they're at their Mm. most vulnerable and a baby is obviously vulnerable (laughs) they have no (laughs) no thoughts in the sack of a brain So my assumption, too, then, I mean, because we, I mean, they tell us, obviously, that payment would rather have a male host. So is it just, like, does Charlie just not work for him, then? Because, I mean, if Charlie, I mean, that's just me. Because, like, if Charlie, if they, I mean, because your grandma was all about Charlie and, like, I wish you were a boy. I wish so. It just from the jump, I guess, was a never okay that payment was, like, a part of Charlie. just a vessel. Just a holding spot. A holding spot to 
<laughs> until they could get to a boy. A boy. Hmm, okay. So, like, hold my spot real quick so no other demons get in. <laughs> but, but, like, then why couldn't they use, like, Joan's grandson or something? Like, what happened Anybody with else? that? Like, not I wonder if it has to do with the bloodline. So, like, maybe along the way, like, Haman's part of their bloodline, which brings it to be, like, hereditary. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe with Joan's... Maybe they did. Maybe he they tried to get him into the grandson, maybe, and that's maybe why her her son and her grandson they drowned. He probably drove him off. To my assumption is he drove him off into like he's just like son, we're not yeah. dealing with this, and he just drove him straight into <laughs> a lake or something. Like they yeah. summoned the wrong demon, and they're just like fuck. Damn. Snap that one's next to because they could have. <laughs> I need that blooper reel. They're like again. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> They're like, why did you bring devil's food cake? I told you nuts. <laughs> so, Adrian. <laughs> so, you're a little chase scene whore. And we get a very tiny one between Peter and his mom. So, how do we feel? <laughs> uh, I mean, the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie are insane. That's really when it gets, like, uh, like from, like, the slow burn, like, psychological horror. It's, like, just, like, somebody's chasing somebody. I love it. I'm obsessed with it all about it and i just love i don't know Tony uh tony collette being up in those uh in the corner and just like on the roof hiding out dude when she fucking i don't know what does she do like fucking she swims through the air <laughs> to get out of the room at that one point and i i literally laugh every single time because she's like hiding out in the corner and then like he yeah. turns around or like his back towards her and she literally fucking paddle like doggy paddles her way out of that room <laughs> through the air and i'm just like uh okay go off queen she swan dives <laughs> They just hold up scorecards. (laughs) (laughs) You just see the white people, the naked white people with scorecards in the window. (laughs) I mean, maybe they make them race. (laughs) The headless bodies have to float. (laughs) They're like, last one to the treehouse can sacrifice. But I guess, is that also how the bodies were moving then, I guess? But I guess That's I would also see a floating body, though. Like, I'm in the same way that I would so, see one carry. Somebody calls it in to the fucking police. Like, I just watched an old white woman float <laughs> across Main Street. Oh, my God. Exactly. Imagine. Uh-uh. So I thought it was the cult members that... um moved the body but then annie's like body floats into the treehouse oh yeah that one for sure (laughs) that's for sure the devil but (laughs) uh but yeah i'm assuming it's the cult members that dug up the body of the grandma i'm assuming because unless she floated out of the ground uh, but also how do you not hear five to six Because, like, they don't know the layout of your house, so they're like, is it going to be this room? They, like, open the bathroom. They're like, oh, fuck. But, I mean, the assumption is that they've probably been there since she's been living there. True, true. You're right. Or or they could have waited. Well, I guess Annie's there. I guess she works from home. She is there a lot. That's it. She going, she's us, quarantined. She just is going nuts inside that house. But, yeah, I'm assuming they probably just did it when, maybe when they were sleeping or something. Because they're around the house 24-7, like, Rehats it earlier too, like in somebody's the scene where, home. yeah, where Peter was smoking and there's somebody watching him smoke from his room. So I'm assuming they're just there 24 seven, just consistently casing this home because they are just, they know what they're doing. I would say. I just always think at the end, like, <laughs> what if the ritual didn't work, 
and Peter is like <laughs> survived, <laughs> and he just walked back up there to be like, "What? And it's not payment, and it's just Peter, and he just is in shock watching all these people like naked <laughs> worshiping him. <laughs> I would go along with it. I totally would. <laughs> oh yes, payment. Yes. <laughs> That's me. I would still be confused about how I hopped out of a window and didn't die. I'm like, did y'all just see that? Like, <laughs> that was crazy. I would. I'd be like, so, uh, um, tattoos? Am I gonna take payment tattooed? Let's do it, guys. Tattoo party. Maybe put your clothes, put your clothes on before we go, please. I don't want. Absolutely. I don't want people to know. They're also like unweird. They're just like weirdly pale. Like, I don't know what it is. I mean, they're that just, I mean, they're meant to be mountain. creepy. <laughs> <laughs> the mountain people. Do we ever, do we know where this movie takes place? Utah. Is yeah. it in Utah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because okay. I was Bury looking that. at it when I saw the mountains in first, the, uh, the driving before she shoots the pole, and then at the funeral scene. And Ari Aster said he thought they looked ominous, so... <laughs> Oh, okay. Love that. Because I've been to Salt Lake City, and it's very much the whole vibe. It's creepy. There are a lot of cults there too. Like, in I mean, life. are Mormons, <laughs> like, Mormons considered cultish? I think some of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so in general, yeah, Utah's very creepy, and because um, I had gone there for because uh, my boyfriend used to do like um, audio for events and stuff, and that was like one of the cities that we had gone to at one point. And so he's like, "You want to go to Utah?" And I was at first, I was like, "No." I was like, "There's not gonna be, I was like, gonna be all white people." I was like, "I'm gonna be very uncomfortable." I was like, "I don't want to go and be gay in Utah." <laughs> and he was like, "Well, let's just go. I don't want to go by myself." I was like, "Okay, sure, baby." So we went, and the entire trip was so eerie. And I shit you not, I never saw another person of color <laughs> the entire time I was there. Maybe like one or two, maybe, but not enough for me to re- remember it. Because mm-hmm. the entire time it was just a whole bunch of creepy people just being so weird. And everybody was just like <laughs> so strange and like so quiet. And as soon as we drove into Salt Lake, um, when we were like in traffic, I told I told my boyfriend, I was like, I was like I'm going to look in every car. I was like, and I bet you they're all going to be white people. And he's like, okay. And there he is fully white. And he's like, okay, well, let's see. And I was like, okay. So I remember like driving through traffic and I would look in every single vehicle. And I'd be like, white, 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 white person, white person, white person. Utah all together is just so weird and just so creepy. So the fact that this movie is takes place in Utah just makes utter sense to me. (laughs) And just the thing of cults and their normalization of violence and death and everything. Like, and it was the same thing in Midsummer when Pele's like, oh, my parents died in a fire. Like that? No. Your parents jumped off a cliff and were burned. That's not the same Very thing enough. as my parents being subjected to this trauma via my sister's bipolar. He's like, my parents had a it's hiking like, accident. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Because <laughs> like, it's the same thing as Joan, where she's like, my son, like, no, your son and grandson did not die. Like, you did something. Though. Something happened. That was my assumption, too, is they killed, They died for, some, for something was happening. They died for, they were trying to get away, is my assumption. So whenever they do the um, the ritual the first time, like, to show, like, her grandson or whatever, but, like, she just bought that chalkboard at Joanne's Fabric. Like, it's in that bag that she tosses into the... But it was her grandson's. It was a seven-year-old. It was special to him. Okay, Joanne. <laughs> but we love Ari. 
Ari Aster is just fantastic. Really, like truly, just both of those major motion pictures that he's released thus far have been amazing. They both dealt with cults. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of curious to see what he does next. Like, what? Maybe that's his niche. What would you even do? (laughs) Did he grow up Mormon? Like, oh. Yeah, what was his background? Maybe he's, he had a cult background and now he's just trying to teach the masses. Beware. Well, I surely felt uneducated this entire time. <laughs> but I just love movies. So that's my, um, that's what I bring to the table. It's just my enthusiasm. Not my education, but my enthusiasm of a movie. Because this movie really is top tier. Like, this is truly, I think, I think it was my favorite horror film of 2018. So you know how people listen to, like, well, I don't know if everybody does this, but I do this. So when you're sad, you listen to sad music to like make yourself sadder just to process it. Yeah. <laughs> I think Hereditary <laughs> might be like my sad movie. Like I'm sad because it makes you feel so much for like the whole family. Like it just invokes a lot of feelings. And I think that's just going to be what this movie is for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those comfort movies. Yeah. In a weird way, it's one of those comfort movies. At least you're not going through that. (laughs) (laughs) Things could be worse. Your brother could be payment. No. Your daughter could be beheading birds. I mean, it could be worse. I mean, how do you address that? Like, think of all the things as a parent in this that you have to deal with. Like, what do you do if your child's literally cutting the head off birds? And, like, you can't do that. Like. <laughs> There's so many things that I never thought that I would say that have come out of my mouth as a parent that, like, that probably isn't going to be the weirdest thing that I would say <laughs> <laughs> if it ever were to happen. But I also am obsessed with serial killers, and I know that, like, it starts with, like, animal violence and shit like that. So I'm going to be like, yeah. so we're going to therapy. That's your Christmas present this year. Because... <laughs> I ain't trying to have no Lizzie Borden. Because, <laughs> I mean, think of just how the school, like, thinks of this family. Right. Like, oh, yeah. They're probably like, we should have called CPS long ago. Like, <laughs> Especially near the end with Peter where they're like, I, the poor dad is like, they're just constantly calling him like, your son's freaking out. Your son's beating his head into his own desk. And it's just like... <laughs> What do you do at that point? There's just this movie, the layers, it, the realness of it, though, really fucking sends you into overdrive. Because that's what I always get with his movies, thinking about the outside characters, like, who found Charlie's head? Like, <laughs> like no, but, like, for real, because that would be so traumatizing for them. Like They're like, what the fuck is that pumpkin? And then they're like... <laughs> and it's like a child's head. Also, like, they're in Utah, and I don't know a whole lot about Utah, but I know that there's wildlife. (laughs) So, like, they're very lucky that, like, some random coyote didn't just drag her face off into the wild in the night. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that the cult just took it though, because they took the because at the end her head's there at the very end. So I'm assuming they picked it up before like some. But they from like the evidence locker. (laughs) The police picked it up. Do they? I guess it makes sense. <laughs> they got the head somehow, though, because Charlie's head's there at the yeah, end. Yeah, it's on the, the thing. I don't, so I, don't know I how mean, they got it. is that not then they have somebody in the police force? <laughs> well, 
Mm, One of the cult members is hiding behind a cactus, just waiting to pick up the head. That's why I feel like this whole town is so suspicious. Like, they all are very, they're all part of it, I feel like. It just makes no sense. It could be a whole town thing. That's true. Everybody's in on it. Because even at the party when Charlie... Yeah, because when Charlie's dying at the party, pretty much uh, from her... Nobody called the ambulance. <laughs> Not one person cared. Not one person cared. Like, they surely let him run out of there. But also, for her having an as... Or uh, a reaction... An allergic reaction. Like, she's very calm about it. She just walks in. She's like, I can't breathe. <laughs> oh, my heart breaks, though, for baby. She's trying to drink water. She's trying, trying to, to help stay herself. calm so she doesn't make it worse, but... And uh, why does no one have an EpiPen? Like, this entire movie. That was the biggest thing. Yeah. The mom, even whenever the mom, they're at the funeral, she's like, that better not have nuts because we don't have the EpiPen. If you have a child with severe allergies, you should carry an EpiPen, ma'am. Or give it to her. Keep it. You have a big ass sweater. Fucking put it in that front pocket and keep it there, Charlie. If you can carry Please. a chocolate bar, then you can carry an epi. But where does she get the chocolate bars? Because they act like they haven't seen the chocolate bar. I They're think like, that's a. I think that's a payment thing because chocolate's so often like referred to as like a symbolism for like sin and temptation and stuff like that. Is yeah. it? <laughs> Is that? does that have nuts in like y'all didn't bring it so, like, <laughs> i was buying her these chocolate y'all bought her this shit that was my thing y'all bring the food into the house so why would you question if there's nuts in it if you she just it? finds like, chocolate bars places payments like hey i'm feeling payments power <laughs> snacky tonight you can sense chocolate <laughs> They probably caught the grandma trying to feed her nuts all the time to kill her off. (laughs) Just to to start the process of switching. She's like, I made your apples and peanut butter. (laughs) Oh my god. I know the grandma was trying to kill her. She's like, take this this poisonous titty milk, take these nuts, (laughs) do what you gotta do. I need you to be dead, woman. I need you to die, poor thing. But I feel like this movie is one of the ones that could, you could watch it. And every time you watch it, you're going to notice something else. Or you're going to make another connection. 100%. It's very much that movie. <laughs> and can you tell if there's someone... Is there someone in the background when Joan is lighting the match for the first time? Because I... <gasps> I don't know. Because we like... <laughs> I don't We know literally either. change our TV settings. We were like going up and down trying to like see. But I... Feel like there should be, but maybe I missed it. I don't know. I want to go back and rewatch that now because I'm not sure. It's one of the cult members, and it like the glass has like a piece of string tied to it, so they're like fishing around. Yes, making the glass move. (laughs) Goodness, I need to go back and rewatch that though because I don't know. I surely, I really don't know, but now I want to know because I, you just notice different things because I'm also stupid and I never noticed that when Peter's smoking, I never knew that somebody's watching at all. Like I never saw somebody like the breath that they make. I've never caught that at all until I was watching it this time around. And I was like, wait a minute, pause, repeat. <laughs> wait a minute. See that again? Yeah. Cause I was, I was thrown for a loop at that one. So there really is, you catch something different every time. It's just, it's good. It's fantastic. It's great. The music is amazing. I have, um. Uh, a whole Spotify playlist of, like devoted to like horror soundtracks and music or songs are used in horror. Uh, so after watching this movie, I don't know why I'm ridiculous, but after watching this movie, it wasn't in that 
playlist at all. So I went and added the whole fucking soundtrack into it because it's just gorgeous. Every the last um, song that they it gives play, me anxiety. It's great. It's so great because it gives you like a sense of euphoria mm-hmm. and like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. this is the way it's supposed to be. This is he's being reborn. This is it. It's like a euphoric moment. But it's like so weird and eerie the entire time. It's gorgeous. A gorgeous piece of music. Whenever they're saying Hail Payment in the end, do y'all feel like I don't know how to say this without sounding crazy, but it feels like I said it <laughs> like the way that it's echoed around. No, me. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like sound things that he does that we don't realize yeah. like because I was actually watching a video about how like sounds, vibrations, obviously all that can contribute to like psychological things. So I feel like he does do that with like scores and just placements of sounds, uh-huh. which is why movie theaters are like a big thing. A big thing. That's why I usually, if I'm going to watch a movie that I really want to watch, I watch it in an IMAX theater or like a Dolby theater, which is which, ridiculous. I've always liked <laughs> I know, I know. Because I've always liked sound and stuff like that. It's important to me in a movie. But I never like realized that. I would always just go for IMAX because this is a better picture. But it was until I started dating my boyfriend when he's like, well, you know, like a Dolby theater, like their setups are different. Like they have the placement of like their speakers in the theater like are meticulously placed for like different scenes in a movie. Like at one point, like the theater, like the seat or the speakers above you will be playing and like, but the speakers around you will be completely silent. Like it's a little bit more immersive in the film, like in terms of sound. But I think you are right, Stormy. Like you do feel like it does immerse you itself. Like the movie, you're just like, maybe I am a part of this cult. Like, are they around me? Like, Yeah, that's literally what it feels like. Like I have a circle chair and I just felt like, all the whites right behind me just <laughs> making me say hail payment and then i was like in my head just me being me i'm just like did i unwillingly participate in this <laughs> adrian the door opened behind you and i was fully prepared to get yanked oh back that was so scary oh my god <laughs> I got hot. I opened oh it. God. Every time we record, this is it. We always expect something to happen to one of us. We Literally. just expect it. The spirits said, just be like, these fucking idiots have talked enough. <laughs> That's the end. Just, that's just going to yanked off screen. <laughs> just yanking me off screen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I were to get yanked, please, yes, post this to YouTube. Like, screen record and post it to YouTube because I want to be infamous in my death. <laughs> <laughs> please um but yeah fantastic so i guess overall to kind of wrap things up i mean do we recommend i mean i think it's kind of universally known that we would <laughs> i would recommend this movie 100 percent. yes for sure what is our letterbox rating <laughs> five <laughs> yeah mine was five stars i rated it again today for five stars again <laughs> for the second time <laughs> i haven't rated it yet but so, in closing, Re, if you want to tell the people where to find you. Um, my Twitter handle is at Spooky Re. Uh, I believe. Okay, let me like spell that. I think it's not normally spelled. It's spelled like S. <laughs> Sorry. It's probably at S P O O K I R I H Spooky Re. I don't think that I have a name other than a beetle right now, so that's <laughs> I love that shit. We'll be sure to tag you when we uh, post this episode <laughs> so the people can find you. Thank y'all for having me. This has been so Thanks fun. Thanks for coming. Yes, We're so excited. Thank you. 
We really do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we were going to have anybody, just, I mean, behind the scenes tea. Because uh, me and Stormy always talk about, like, oh, who do we want to have on? Or, like, if we didn't have social anxiety, <laughs> who would we love to reach out to to, like, come on the show? And it was always Ree. We're like, well, we would love Ree. We love Ree. We just love their presence on Twitter. It's fantastic. Just, like, the recommendations, the knowledge. Yeah, it's true. And we're like, we just, if we're going to have anybody that's not, like, somebody that we just are, is in our lives already. We wanted you to be the first, so thank you so much for coming on. We really oh, do appreciate no it. Problem. It was so much fun. And y'all are the same. I love watching y'all. I have y'all's <laughs> notifications on. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah. yes. That makes my heart oh. warm. Yeah, I'm going to take a shot and cry. <laughs> no cry. Hey Siri, make me cry. <laughs> Plays hereditary on the <laughs> You need to cope. That's how you know. The night we met is playing in the background <laughs> as I watch her. <laughs> yes. I am weird. Uh, but where can everybody find us, Stormy? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and plenty of other streaming places that you can find in all our links at slash her. Um, Thanks for joining us for another week. And thank you, Rhea, again for joining us. We love all of you so much. And stay spooky. Stay spooky. (laughs) Bye. I was like, we Ellen got her. Fuck, Ellen got her. Run. We just hang up. We just hang up. Run. Uh, okay, well, we're canceling. <laughs> Bye. We're sorry, Payman. We love you.